0: Well, if you haven't, well, if you couldn't tell by the themes of the songs, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about salvation today, Um, but in a a way that I think is really appropriate for uh, the day that we're having today, the work day, and where we are with our church right now. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day, Father. Again, we thank you for your presence this morning, and I thank you for this word, Father. That you are—it um, is your spirit speaking to our spirits, Lord. That, that 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 each one of us hears from you directly in our spirit, Father. This is this is our time to be fed and sit down at the table. We thank you that your word is life and your word is light into every area of our lives, Father. And we look to you, Father, to to help us grow and help us. Uh, become more mature Christians, a more mature family, and a a place of refuge, Father, for others who need your salvation, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. When it comes to growing a family, what's one of the first things you have to do? What? I couldn't hear you. (laughs) plant, plant the seed, yes, (laughs) what's the, what's something else you have to do? When you know, well, yes, and because you need money, because when you know when, when you know when your family's going to grow, what do you start to do? You you prepare, you plan, you prepare, you get the room ready, you get the house ready, you get the (laughs) You know, you start, you have a baby shower, you get all the things that you need to have that growth. So you have to prepare, and you have to plant the seed. It's not any different with a church family. If you want to prepare for growth. So today, is our message today is, it's time for our family to grow. So what if you did all the prep, but never planted the seed? You'd never, you'd have a space, but you'd never have any any anything to fill the space. What if you planted the seed but never prepared? You'd be chasing down, trying to to figure out where to put people, where to put things, where to put the baby, where to, you know, where's this baby going to live in our lives? We didn't prepare for this baby to be born. When you have visitors over to your house, all of us love to clean up and get our house ready and make sure it looks good and it's all arranged and You know, probably looks slightly different than it does when we're here by ourselves. Um, There's probably a room or two that we say, let's just put it in that room, close that door, don't worry about it. Just, you know, we won't show them that room or we don't need to go there. So just, um, God is a God of preparation, He's a God of getting things ready for the future, getting things ready for things that are coming. All throughout scriptures, all throughout the Old Testament, there were times when you know God was preparing Israel for the next phase. He was preparing, basically, the world for the Savior that was going to come. He always spoke ahead about it. He always prepared, and John the Baptist came and said, "You know, prepare the way for the Lord." So he literally was saying, "He's right here. He's about to come. Prepare for it." In Isaiah verse uh, or Isaiah fifty-four. I believe this is a scripture for the, for the moment for us. <clears throat> Isaiah 54.2, it says, Enlarge your house, build in addition, spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Now, I don't know if we'll be bursting at the seams, but I do know that it's time to prepare. It's time to... There's other, other verses in Psalms that talk about spread out the stakes of your tent. In other words, make room for things that are coming. Don't just not, you know, think about it and hope that they'll come and not do anything about it, but prepare for it. The practical side of preparing, um, we're taking care of today. You know, we're in this this building, we're getting our, our nursery and Sunday school rooms ready. You know, we're preparing our sanctuary to look more like we want it to or outside as we want it to. Um, so we're doing the, the, the prep, the physical prep. <clears throat> but I, I think what comes next is the seed planting. And that's where the salvation comes. How many of you in your life ever have been approached by a stranger about being saved? I have once and I was about Sixteen or seventeen, and we were at a, we were at the county fair in my in my city down in Florida, and you know we had there was four of us we were teenagers and somebody approached us and we we were all saved at the time anyway so we smiled and started talking to him and sharing the word with him but that was thirty some years ago I mean it was a long time so in other words we don't we you know we don't get approached by my sisters and I were talking about this on our vacation it's like. When was the last time we were approached by anyone? Because their their church has been doing a big evangelism 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 push lately, um, so they've started getting out of out and start doing more too. How many of you have approached somebody, witnessed to somebody? You know, I have. I've done it. I've done it a lot, but I'm, admittedly, unfortunately, it's been a long time. You know, I did it, we did it a lot in Bible school. We did it, you know, in the streets. And when you get into that mode, you kind of, it, it makes it easier to do even when you're not with a group of people or not at Bible school or not. But then you don't do it for a while. It becomes harder and harder. Um, I do remember the very first one, though. And I was, it was not in, I was not even in, in I was still in college, actually, not in Bible school. And I was working with a lady and she, Got sick, and I I started sharing some scriptures with her at work, and um, she called me one day at home. Um, she had already quit t- because she had been in the hospital a lot and just really was she was older and was starting to really just not not do well. But she called me one day and she said, "I want to pray. I want I want I want that salvation you're talking about." And I we both just cried on the phone and we prayed on the phone right then, and I'll always remember that day. That moment of the first person I ever prayed with, I was about twenty-two ish, twenty-three, um, and it just it just stuck with me. But here is now, I know I'll see her in heaven. I know she's living eternally now because a seed was planted. You know, when we talk about prepping for growth, and we we you know we want we want to see people, we also have to plant the seed. Every single one of us are in the family of God, and even in this church, because a seed was planted. And, you know, a farmer expects a harvest, but only if he goes out and actually sows that seed. He can't, he can't sit there on his porch and go, man, I hope I get a harvest this year. I hope this year is the year. This is without actually doing any actions of sowing that seed. And I believe this is our call to action for all of us today. And again, including myself. Um so, no seed means no harvest, so I think it's I think it's time that we start looking at um, and practically preparing which we're doing and making this place an inviting place for people to come in, making this place um a a place that they want to bring their themselves, their families. we all know it, we all know each other, and one of the things I love about this church that and I've been a part of a, of a number of other churches, and I've seen um, signs of strife in almost every church I've been into, except for this one. We don't, we don't argue, we don't butt heads. There's no there, there's a it's a healthy. Now you may at home, but no, no, okay. <laughs> no. I mean with each other as a church family, <clears throat> and that's that's a sign of a healthy body. You know, when your body is not fighting with itself and, and you know, there's things that are fighting infection and fighting things, you know that there's there, it's healthy. Well, our body as a church is not fighting among each other. There's no strife. And that means it's a sign of a healthy body. Well, that means that we need to be bringing more and more people into that environment to have that healthy environment to grow. We know we have good ground. We know we have a good place. Um, so let's Let's start sowing some seeds so we can get some harvest. How many of you have heard of the a, a salvation technique or a witnessing technique called the Romans Road? And I, I actually was would have been surprised if more of you did because I haven't heard it taught in a long time. But it's a, it's a it's a it was a or still is a common way of introducing people to the gospel. And I've done it in a way of what you call confrontational witnessing where you just go out and you start talking to people <clears throat> not yelling not screaming not bashing but I, I do like it in the sense that even in a conversation you can start you have you can state both the problem statement and the solution statement and then the action statement so it's easy for people when you start saying you know you know because people, people will always tell you their problems it's not hard to hear people's issues what we most of us don't do very much is give them the answer and again you know I was sitting in my my barber last month and I mean he's a talker so we just went off and off about you know things that he was dealing with or potentially dealing with or health issues and not all of them were real but he was he was afraid of a few of them and it's like I could have just been talking to him and you know not be scared that he's going to start shaving my head, funny if I if he doesn't like what I say, but you know it's it's like there's a perfect opportunity right there that um, we still have opportunity. So, uh, but I missed the first one. We have the answer. We have the solution. So the problem statement's usually not hard to get to, the fact that people know they have a need. They don't realize when they're saying all that what it is. They're usually just saying, "Oh my." marriage is in trouble, my, my, you know, my health is an issue, I you know we're having this problem with our finances. I mean, people these days don't seem to be shy about sharing their problems because people tend to want to connect with people through their problems. They don't, they, they don't connect with you through your joy, through your, your testimony, but they might connect with you through or what they think is through your problems. So what I believe this, this Romans Road helps us do is kind of give us a path. It's called the Romans Road because there's, there's five scriptures in Romans that walk you through the steps to salvation. So it's the Romans Road. So we're going to look at the scriptures and then I'll read it in the New Living. I'll put them on the screen. Highly suggest and encourage you to, to write down the reference to it um, and just look at it because it also helps... I'll tell you, the hardest people to witness to are the, the, the people who think they don't have a need, the religious folks, who, oh, I've been in church all my life. May or may not be saved, though. They just have been around it. Now, I don't, these days, I don't hear that as much as I used to when I was you know, 20, 30 years ago, when I guess it was more common for that. But there's a whole generation of folks who have not grown up in church anymore, um, whose parents didn't take them to church. It's, you know, again, 20, 30 years is almost that, that last, the last generation we've had. So let's look at the, the, what I call the problem statement verses first. The first one is Romans 3.10. It's pretty simple. <clears throat> As the Scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. So when people think they're good on their own or that there's a little bit of good in everybody... The Bible says there's nobody righteous. There's nobody good enough to make it with God. There's none. There's none that are righteous. So that puts us all on the same playing field. And that's what's good about this verse is that when we are talking to people, and people's, you know, just like the Pharisee or just like the, when Jesus asked um, a number of people, said, you know, <clears throat> what do you think it takes to, to you know, get to eternal life? And they said, well, you know, I kept all these commandments since I was a kid. Or you know, they start touting what they've done. This, this happens a lot when we talk to people about the Lord as they think, well, let me check my boxes of good things. It doesn't really matter. We're all, none, none of us are good. None of us are righteous without the Lord. The second one is Romans 3, 23. For everyone has sinned, We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So God has a standard, and we've all missed it. Every single human has missed it. Um, And then uh, right along with that is Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so sin spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. In other words, there's sin, everyone has sin in them. Everyone's born in sin. So the problem statement isn't that you have a health issue, you have a finance issue, you have a marriage issue. The problem statement is everyone is in sin when they're born because of what Adam did, because of what happened in the garden. None of us is good enough to get with God. None of us is righteous. All have sinned and come, and the and the the, the end of that sin is death. So you know you're setting people up when you're talking to them about this. About you know, okay, you know this is all not so good news yet, but we're just stating the problem statement. The solution statement starts in Romans five eight. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So we start bringing into the 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 subject, the topic, and again, this is the seed sowing. Because maybe they've heard that there's a, a this guy named Jesus, or maybe they've heard that there's sin, or maybe they've heard that there's you know hell and heaven, or maybe not. But you are sowing a seed. The seed could be a single verse. The seed could be all five verses. Just like the farmer. The farmer knows all he has to do is go take action. Go start sowing that seed. It is not up to the farmer to produce the harvest. He, his job is to get the seed in the ground. The Bible says that, you know, we, Paul was saying, you know I plant Apollos waters, but God gives the increase. So planting, getting that seed in there, maybe you're the second one to come by and maybe you're the one watering it. Maybe you're the one who's, oh, it finally clicked. And all of a sudden there's, there's gonna be harvest. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10 gives us our first action statement. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is that simple. For it is believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So we have to know that we need a Savior, that we're not righteous, that, we're, that the, the, the end of that sin is death. And all we have to do is believe on what Jesus did for us on the cross. We openly declare it, believe it in our heart, and you will be saved. And those are the, those are the five verses. One, two, three, four, five. I like to also include Romans ten thirteen, um, just because it lets you know that it's for everyone for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. It's not the person you think will, the person that looks like they will, the person that is dressed nicer. It's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this goes back to, and, and ties so much with our series on humility, because it takes humility on us to put our pride down, to put our reputation down, to talk to somebody about it, to not care what somebody's going to think in order for that seed to be planted. The farmer can't say, Well, you know, I'm, I'm too good to get up this morning and do it because, you know, I, I, I've, I've got other things to do that are busy and, and he's not going to get a harvest. We've got to say the same thing that we are. Um, that, we, that we, are, we are not the ones to produce the harvest. We are simply the ones that God wants to go out and sow that seed. And this can happen with any conversation. This can happen in any, any situation. Just start sowing that seed. Don't, don't worry about if, if they didn't pray that prayer with you today. We're not trying to get notches on our Bible to say, oh, I got five people saved today or this week. It's sow the seed that's it. And you, they may pray with you, they, they you may never hear again, but that seed has been planted. And that's our responsibility. The sower, the Bible says, Mark 4, the sower sows the word. So I want us, we're preparing today, we're, we're, we're getting the, 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 the ground ready, but now we need to start going out and sowing that seed too. Everyone needs a savior. Everyone needs compassion, like the song we sang. You have the answer inside of you already. You have the seed they need for the harvest. There's God, there's people in this world that God has ordained that you touch, but we have to be obedient in doing that. We have to keep. You don't know who that is until you start talking. You may never know until heaven that it was that word you gave, that scripture you you you, that encouragement, um, that seed that you sowed. So let's go grow our family. Amen. Amen. Father, we just, Lord, we come to you and Father, we ask forgiveness where we haven't been humble. We haven't been obedient in taking this action of sowing the seeds, Father. We thank you that you are one, first of all, a God of forgiveness, that you have, uh, that you said you would, when we ask for forgiveness, you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We also thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. And you said, Even Jesus prayed for laborers to go out. For the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Father, we set our hearts to be laborers for you, to sow the seeds of the Word of God and sow the seeds of salvation, Father, as we go about our lives. Thank you for giving us the the strength and the courage and the wisdom on how to speak to people and how to say and hear your Spirit, Father, because your Spirit has the answer. We don't have the answer. But you have, our, the Spirit in us has the answer that we can give to folks. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.